Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, Managing Editor, FightfulMMA.com. It is UFC Stockholm. We got your full coverage. Reminder, Fightful MMA podcast every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Myself and Showdown Joe, we got lots of uh, clips that come out of that. We have rankings videos that drop every week as well. Good times over there. Make sure you guys support that. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. Uh, Let's run through this event now. Apologies, I am a little bit under the weather. This will be a a little abbreviated. We have an NXT show tonight as well. But uh, apologies if I have to mute the mic to cough or or blow my nose or something like that. Uh, Still getting over the the Vegas flu, cold, whatever the hell it is. But UFC Sweden. Joel Alvarez finishes Danilo Bellardo. Both guys were going for their first win in the company. Bellardo came from Venator, which I'm surprised still exists, but he actually lost to AJ McKee several years ago. Alvarez's ground and pound isn't particularly hard, but there's a lot of it, and the fight gets stopped in the second round. Devin Clark against Darko Stasic. Uh, Devin Clark wins, and he hasn't had the best of luck against European fighters. There were two that pulled from the fight. Uh, Rakic and Blahovic beat him. And it's weird to think he's been around for three years, but he ends up taking this decision and it makes him four and three. And honestly, the UFC's light heavyweight division needs some guys that are four and three because it's getting really top heavy with the prospects now, as we'll talk about later on. Bia Malecki taps uh, Duda Santana. This fight should not have happened. Uh, it was better than the Priscilla Cachoeira fight that we saw a few uh, weeks ago, but there are a few combined career fights between these two. And featherweights competing at Bantamweight. Malecki got the submission in round two. But if this were at featherweight, maybe it would have meant something. But it didn't mean anything. This should have been an Invicta. I don't know why this fight happened. Frank Camacho finished Nick Hind in the second round. Camacho is such a, a likable guy. So uh, good for him. It might be it for Hind in today's landscape with the the dwindling roster size. Uh, Hines from Europe, that's why he got booked. Pardon there. (laughs) Leonardo Santos blasted Stevie Ray. Oh boy, this was good. Ray was in control a bit, and it's looking like the time off wasn't good for Santos. Then Santos just blasts Stevie Ray. The best Stevie Ray back bump you've seen since WCW Harlem Heat days. Then Santos just ran out of the arena. 
Jesus, this was an all-timer for the knockout. Wow. Just outstanding stuff. It it was... (laughs) I, I I wish this card was in Germany, so I could have said that he gave Stevie Ray the Hamburg heat. But what more can you say about Leonardo Santos? Well, there's quite a bit you can say, and there's quite a bit you can ask. Because I, I mentioned on the, the preview that <clears throat> Santos is not active, and he's 39 years old. But you look at him, and it's like, all right, well, what, what does this win mean? He hadn't fought since 2016. He had a fight last year canceled due to injury. He had one canceled the year before because Olivier Abin Mercier got hurt. Uh, he got hurt uh, when Evan he was supposed to fight Adam, Evan Dunham, and it got even rescheduled at one point. Uh, Matt Wyman got hurt and had to pull out of a fight in 2015. Uh, Lucas Sajewski got hurt and pulled out of a fight. So – so much of the, the, the layoffs that he's had aren't on him necessarily here and there, but he's now unbeaten in all seven of his UFC fights. So Leonardo Santos, this 39-year-old guy who has a win over Kevin Lee when a win over Kevin Lee meant something and a dominant one, tapped out Rocco Martin, tapped out William, William Massario if you remember him, Majority draw against Norman Park, so whatever. Closest anybody's come to beating him was that. Maybe the split against Adriano Martins. It's like, well, what does that mean? Well, I think if you're the UFC, you have to put him in there in probably Brazil against a top 10 guy. It's got to be a top 10 guy. Yeah, Not Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee's done. He He's a... He's at welterweight or whatever. I think that him against, uh, gosh, a, a Charles Oliveira or an Ally Quinta or something like that would be good. Charles Oliveira would be a really good one because Charles Oliveira is really emerging. And a, a Charles Oliveira win there does mean something. Leonardo Santos is really good. And the time off apparently hasn't affected him that much. He is just such an anomaly. It's so weird. I can't quite put my finger on it. Good for him. Number 13, Lena Landsberg beat number 12, Tanya Avenger. This was a great performance out of Landsberg. A couple of cyborg victims fighting in the top 15 bantamweight division. Sounds about right. Landsberg was an I got five on it pick. She got pressed up against the fence and, and fought it off very well. She connected with elbows and knees that ended up opening Evinger up. Evinger got Lena Landsberg down, but Lena turned the tides. And all things considered, I thought it was an outstanding performance. Uh, She wanted a a rematch against Aspen Ladd, and that's very encouraging. But the problem is she hasn't put together back-to-back great performances in the UFC. Meanwhile, Aspen Ladd is competing in the the top of the division. She's fighting Jermaine Durandamy. So if you're Lena Landsberg and you can't put together back-to-back wins, but you have Aspen Ladd who's beat Sajar, Eubanks, T- Lena Landsberg, Avenger, then Eubanks again, all back-to-back has never lost is like fifteen and one across pro and amateur. You gotta you gotta work to get that fight again. You can't just call it out. I admire her in doing so, and did she look very good? Yes, she did. She's thirty-seven. She doesn't have time to waste. I'd maybe go back after Kunitskaya a little bit quicker than I could uh, 
Aspen Ladd, though. Uh, I don't think she'll get either one of those, though, because Kunitskaya is fresh off that win over Renault. There's no reason to run that back. So uh, instead, I look at Lena Landsberg, and I'm like, well, she's probably going to get a top 10 person just because she's going to move up a little bit. She'll probably maybe get Marion Renault or Aldana. That sounds like it makes sense. Or Zingano at 135 or 145, unless Zingano fights Megan Anderson. Decent uh, decent fight, good performance. Kandozko defeated Akman. Man, in the early going, it, it didn't look like Kandozko had 30-plus fights and Akman had six. It looked the opposite. Akman has some pretty heavy hands, but the composure pays off after... Ackman is uh, dropped on his ass and gets back up, but he wasn't given the win and he wasn't happy about it. I- I'm interested to find out what you all think of uh, uh, think of Ackman getting snubbed here. Uh, he wasn't happy about it. I think it was a little bit of a closer fight uh, than than he gave it credit than he than he credited. Sorry, I- I'm a little bit out of sorts, but. Uh, this was uh, 29-28, so it wasn't like he got blown out. I saw all the media giving it uh, opposite of Ackman and very few fans, so I, I didn't see it. I, I didn't see I didn't see it for Ackman. It's okay to lose a fight when you're that early in your career against a guy that's a veteran. Daniel Tamer defeated Sung Bin Yo, unanimous decision. Tamer was very lucky to even get this fight. And probably got it because of his geographical location. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. He's five inches shorter than Joe, but he was 0-3 in the UFC ahead of this. And cracked Joe early, but you'll give it back to him. He got a little bit tired of chasing at one point, earned the win. uh, And it was very emotional after two years and three losses in the UFC. But... Tamer went on a full on thanking everybody. And I mean, he's had a lot of time to think about that too. He didn't get that win in the UFC before this. So he, he's been waiting for this moment for quite a while. So I was, I was quite okay with that. Also uh, up next, Christos Giagos defeated Demir Hadzevic. Another fight booked on this show based on geography and the fourth consecutive decision on this card after that great Santos finish. Hadzevic at least had some semblance of consistency going into this card, but I think that the show pretty badly needed the Latifi-Ozdemir fight that got canceled to help out depth. Especially at 205, you could really, really point to this show as clarity for 205 and really helping things uh, become crystal clear, but Latifi pulled out. Giagos had a great head kick to uh, double leg that I liked. He pressed forward and really, was really aggressive with takedowns. But Giagos halted that momentum and consistency that Hadzivik had. He won, and it gives him his first winning streak in the UFC. He's now won two in a row. Joseph Bosa said they needed a fight to be moved up to the main card. I, You could say that, but I, I mean, maybe Landsberg-Avenger because it was a top 15 fight. Maybe, but eh. Makwan Amir Khani tapped out Chris Fishgold. Amir Khani got a fantastic ovation from the crowd. Uh, I had picked Amir Khani to win this fight, even though he was a slight underdog. 
This guy is just so full. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill transform your home in one weekend with paint from menards get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color dutch boys duraclean interior paint and primer in one offers stay clean technology making your home stay beautiful and clean longer and with dutch boys easy opening smooth pouring container transforming your home has never been easier save big money on dutch boy paints and head into menards to get your paint project started today save big money at menards full of charisma and it does not feel like i mean four years ago he had that knockout win over andy ogle and i thought that he was just going to light this sport on fire and he's Five and one in the UFC, he's doing great. He had that that split decision loss to Arnold Allen. So I mean, can you really hold that against him? Not really. Arnold Allen was was somebody to behold there. I think that he lost that fight pretty pretty handedly, but uh, he did good, and he needed this finish because he hadn't had a finish in four years. It's been nonstop decisions. He hadn't he hadn't won any. Uh, Performance bonuses, but that Anaconda choke, I want to see somebody utilize that in pro wrestling. It was him, Amir Khani, pronouns, and Fishgold both walking around one another with the Anaconda choke applied. It was a it was a beauty. It was a work of art. Really loved this finish. This one was great. If I'm the UFC, you give Amir Khani a top 15 opponent. And you give them a top, give him a top fifteen opponent somewhere in Europe. Obviously, he's never fought in the states, but you got to give him a top fifteen opponent in in Europe. Korean Zombie would be a fun one. Yair Rodriguez would be a fun one. To me, you got to give him a co-main event level fight over in Europe. You have to after that ovation. And Korean Zombie and Yair Rodriguez are that right now. That is that is a, a way that you can go. Uh, depending on how Ricardo Lamas does, maybe him, but I think that you want to know it's going to be a barn burner. If you want to capitalize off of an Amir Khani, then you do it against guys like Rodriguez and Chan Sung Young, who you know are going to throw down and put on a great performance and, and won't necessarily pro or restrict him in that, that level of excitement. Up next... Woo boy. These two light heavyweight performances. Alexander Rakic ended Jimmy Manawa's top 15 hopes effectively forever. Guys, I have been speaking about this light heavyweight division for a long time. And I've had a lot of people say, oh, it's not there. It's not there. It's These guys aren't ready. Cut the shit, man. These guys are ready. You've got Rakic, Spawn, Crute. Uh, Reyes, Walker, Santos, all his new blood, all his new blood that have emerged as prospects in some, uh, the first five, maybe not Santos as a prospect, but you've had Santos and Smith both step up and uh, really 
become top flight guys over the past year. Then you've had Rocket, Span, Crute, Reyes, Walker as prospects. You got Ozdemir and Glover's former title challengers, Anderson, Blahovich, Latifi in there as well. This is a good, fun division now. Jimmy Manor is not going to be a part of that division in that 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 level anymore. Jimmy Manoa has now not won a fight since March 2017. He's been knocked out three times. He's lost four in a row. Uh, you can at least say every single fight that Jimmy Manoa has had has been an exciting one, except for maybe one. Uh, I guess you could argue the Blahovich fight wasn't. But I'm talking like 10, 11 fights, and they've all been good. They're exciting. They just ended him being unconscious. Alexander Rakic step, uh, stepped in, set up a head kick, and just flattened Jimmy Manoa. Knocked his ass out dead. Amazing head kick. And Alexander Rakic is, is a name that you look at and you're like, all right, he's ready. He's ready to compete with uh, top 10 guys. He is. He's there. There's no more time to wait. <laughs> that was that was an amazing performance. Like how do you how do you look at that and not think that he belongs in the top top 15, top probably 11 or 12. I would probably have him go up against Glover Teixeira next. Really see if he can compete there. Now, uh, Glover Teixeira, Latifi, Anderson Ozdemir, they're a bit of the old guard that are that are kind of there. Uh, Cormier, he, he's going to be out of those rankings soon. He ain't going back to light heavyweight. Uh, Gustafson's about to be pulled from those rankings. So I look at Rakic and I'm probably like, man, he's a fringe top 10 guy. He uh, he should probably be ranked at about number 11, 10, 11. Manoa, I, I agree with Joseph Boza in the chat. See if you can do it at heavyweight. If you can... Give it a go. If not, hang him up, man. Well, hanging him up is what Alexander Gustafson did. He has retired. He took his gloves off in the cage after Anthony Smith tapped him out. Gustafson retires after losing three UFC title fights. And the story of this wasn't necessarily Gustafson because... He's not been that that Alexander Gustafson. He's just not been. He's not won since early 2017. He couldn't ever stay in the cage. The last time the man ever won two fights in a calendar year was 2012. He's won three fights since 2013 started. I wasn't buying him at the top levels anymore. Did I think it was impressive that he beat Teixeira and that he beat Blahovich? To share a lot more than Blahovich. I thought that he had the I mean, Manawa, that was a nice one. But I don't think he's truly been the same after John Jones, the John Jones fight. And hey, we saw that with J- Johnny Hendricks too. Met some success after the GSP fight, was never quite the same guy. Anthony Smith, however, boy, this is a story. I like to imagine Anthony Smith as the guy. Like, have you all ever seen SNL with the the character who plays the the 
girlfriend of the boxer. Anthony Smith's career trajectory is that of every boxing movie where it looks like they're done, man. He's five and six. He is an absolute scrub. He's in strike force. He loses his way out of the company. He loses his way out of the UFC. He even loses his way out of victory FC. And then something happens. And Anthony Smith goes on this unbelievable five-year run where he beats Rashad Evans, Shogun Hua, Hector Lombard, Volkan Ozdemir, and Alexander Gustafson. Wow. Anthony Smith belongs here. Anthony Smith belongs at the top levels of the UFC light heavyweight, and it is amazing what he has achieved. You cannot discount what Anthony Smith has done, and it is goddamn special. He switched his hips, forced Gustafson down. Uh, I love that he cut off Gustafson, who would turn and run. Like At some point in your career, some people figure that out, and it just took a while for people to figure out, hey, maybe don't let Gustafson get his rhythm. Anthony Smith just, just, I think the world of that guy after this. Think the world of him. What a performance. What a year he's had. Keep in mind, one year ago, he had not debuted as a UFC light heavyweight. And in a year, he has defeated four men that have been UFC champions or competed for UFC titles. The only person to beat him is arguably the greatest fighter of all time. My God. Uh, I love what Anthony Smith has done. He is making a real case for the weight cutting, kind of stepping out, stepping away. Good for him. An amazing performance. And you got to look at who do you put him up against now? Well, you can't put him up against Jones. Jones just smoked him. Maybe Tiago Santos in a rematch if Santos loses. But... Maybe Dom Reyes. That one makes a whole lot of sense to me. Let's talk about Alexander Gustafson. You think he's gone? He says he is. Uh, I think he'll fight again. He's 32. I think if he doesn't fight in the UFC, he'll fight somewhere. I don't know what his contract status is, but he did take his gloves off in the cage. He said, quote, the show is over. And he is lost. He's two and four in his last six. Since facing John Jones the first time, he's three and five. After starting 15 and one. You can't blame a guy for getting rattled around quite like he has and having the injury troubles that he has. He's never fought more than once since 2015. He's only fought twice in a year, one time since 2013. He can't stay in the cage. He can't stay healthy. I wouldn't blame him. How much money is he making? Not hard to say. I mean, I know that for the the, the Jones fight, he made a flat 500000 So if he's making that for this, okay, he stepped in his last year, cleaned up, got a million bucks. Sure, he can teach people. That's UFC Sweden. That's Alexander Gustafson. That's a wrap on his career. Guys, thank you all so much. I will put up some individual fight reviews. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Make sure you guys subscribe. We are here every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for the Fightful MMA podcast with myself and the great Showdown Joe. Thank you guys so much. Join us for NXT TakeOver tonight. 
Join us for the Anthony Joshua fight. We are out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.